tell us how you feel you wish for a sign from above well here's a podcast about sex and the city with your friends great <laughs> nice guys no <laughs> no <laughs> that was good that was good did you just come up with that right now i well you know what i'm referencing of course i do okay yeah i did just come up with that. hello and welcome to great nice guys to have fun with i'm so glad you're here i'm your host roan and i am the freakiest freak that ever did tweak hey what's up how's it going it's okay you can take your coat off and stay a while um my name's andrew nice to meet you and you're listening to great nice guys to have fun with i'm yeah i fucking said that already i'm one of i'm one of the great nice guys I'm also um, great and also very nice. Yeah. As um, you can tell. Uh, Roan just did some, he just drank some pre-workout. So he's a little bit. <laughs> my, my, and my pre-workout is the reduced sugar um, Tazo chai latte. Yeah. That comes in like the carton and you let just mix it with the milk and you put it on the ice and then you drink it. That sounds good. Oh, it's um, the best. I went to CVS and bought, um, a bunch of their discount Valentine's Day candy, and I bought a large bag of sweet tarts. And so I'm, I was eating uh, sweet tarts by the handful while I was waiting for you to get on the call. So that's incredibly luxurious. I'm really sorry that I just dropped my microphone while you were talking. That's okay. I have my microphone kind of because I'm I'm trying to um, have better posture during our our experience to reduce my um, my back issues that are very <laughs> very sexy and enticing. It's like right. the hottest kind of back pain that you can right. Have. Um, Speaking... just so everybody knows but yeah i'm uh so sorry about that it's balancing on my mini air conditioner right now that i bought of on course the which is also very hot and sexy um yes. speaking of hot and sexy roan how were you coming into this episode this week and this is our post valentine's day episode this is our post valentine's day episode oh my gosh i don't really care about valentine's day i um, don't either yeah uh isaac does isaac is i mean not, not that he's annoying about it but you know he's more of a charlotte. he's more of a of a charlotte yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i of course i had to i had to acknowledge the day um so i did get him some flowers and shit and um, we ended up just making he had to work that day actually but then when he after he got home we made we made some dinner and it was really sweet and yeah today i'm actually i'm not gonna lie i'm feeling great good yeah yeah I, um, I mean, I, I'm just kind of trying to, uh, get my shit together a little bit, um, and get back on top of like my good routines and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's working. Great. That's good. I'm yeah. glad you hear it. In case anybody was curious about my well being, if anyone's been concerned for me, maybe you, maybe you listener were concerned for me. I'm here to tell you that I'm fine and to stop sending me messages. It's okay. actually good. It's getting weird. Okay. Um, well, it sounds like somebody doesn't care about how I've been doing, so. No comment. Um, I have been fine. Um, I, I'm not a person that enjoys Valentine's Day for the holiday of Valentine's Day, but I do enjoy my boyfriend. Unfortunately, we live in different cities, as that has been acknowledged before. Mm -hmm. Um, but we FaceTimed, and that was nice, um, I do enjoy the discount Valentine's Day candy that CVS sells. Um, yeah, I've been fine. I've really loved the weather we've had recently, just the snow downpour. 
Um, unfortunately, that is the, bad for some people. But... Um, so in my in my my buildings, like back has my building has something of a backyard, um, uh-huh. and there's like a you know a pretty standard like picnic table that's uh-huh. hanging out back there. And for the first time ever, the snow is actually the, the basically the same height as the picnic table. Oh my god! Like it's, it's like the top of the table. Yeah, like it's okay. like, and it's probably yeah, it's probably about three feet tall. Right, it's, it's concealing the the top. So when I went to work the other day, I think it was what day did we have the? So we had the really bad snow on Monday, and then I didn't right. go into work on Tuesday. They closed where I work, and then on Wednesday I went in, and it was actually really. Um, serene i think is the word i'd use for it because i got off the train i walked um onto campus and it was like they had completely de-snowed the walkways but the green areas which like over there is just like a really big green area i think um, they call that a quad uh the quad is not green actually it's like when you're walking from the train station like there's a Starbucks there and then you like cross the street, this like itty bitty little street that one way. And then, or I guess it is two way, but then you're like over in this like kind of park thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? doesn't matter. I, I'm looking it up, but keep talking. So anyways, they had not done anything to those. Obviously it's like, what do you do for that? But it was so beautiful. Like it was just really serene. And I mean, we got like what, I think they said they had 18 inches of snow there and there was a, sewer grate um that was in part of like where the grass is and i could see i couldn't see the actual sewer grate itself but i could see where the steam had come out and melted all the snow around it so there was like a big hole in the middle of the snow i that, love weird i love yeah. weirdness like that and no one like i couldn't see footprints that were leading to it so it's just like this like this weird like hole <laughs> this void <Right. laughs> i did not know that there was a starbucks there that was what threw me off but yeah, yeah now i see what you mean yeah and actually, yeah. no the area that you're describing i would describe as the quad but we're not going to get into the details because okay. that i don't want to accidentally um dox you that's okay um are you ready I think I'm ready. Are you ready? Today, we are here to talk to you about um, season two, episode three of Sex in the City. This episode is called The Freak Show. And this episode aired on June 20th, 1999. Oh my gosh, what a funny episode. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. I this, this is a very, I have very fond memories of this episode. Um, I think it's going to be really fun to talk about. And per our uh, pre-recording discussion, I think you are uh, taking it away with a summary. Correct. Yes. So I've never started before. So this is, I didn't really know how to start. Thank you for um, reading me in. So we start out with a Carrie monologue as we usually do. Um, And she's talking about like the history of like, pilgrims and settlers or something and it's like, it was Ooh. so weird i was like okay like, yeah like you're not joanna newsom <laughs> this is not the sapacanican moment yeah. i think it is there i'm not i'm not enjoying this and i'm not appreciating the and thoughts. everything's like a black and white filter uh with uh this like really grainy uh like overlay thing and um then it like cuts to like kind of like like i would call it like I don't know, 90s rock kind of music and they're in a bar and it goes from black and white to just in color. And it's about like the, it's about dating and how like the new frontier is women trying to get married, basically. That's right. Like, I, that's, I, it's so, it's very convoluted. Yeah. I don't know what they were going for here. They, I really yeah. hated that. Uh, I thought it was extremely tacky, even for the 90s. Like I thought it was so tacky. 
Um, I'll get into what I thought about the direction of this episode later, but um, so we are on a first date and we are with Samantha on her first date, which is the first guy after James, who apparently left therapy last week and never came back. So, um, and if you're wondering who James is, it's small dick James, just so we're, yeah. we're all aware. Right, um, just, just to keep us abreast. Right. Um, so James seems extremely successful. He's like some sort of like, or sorry, not James, uh, Harrison is seems the guy she's on a date with, seems very successful. He's like some sort of like, I don't know, millionaire of sorts i have no idea um samantha as uh carrie says does not believe in first dates but she does believe in fucking on the first date or sex after the first date um so they go back to his place they're making out um and oh he's a lawyer that's what he does and he says that he mostly represents sexual harassment cases and they're doing like this sort of like weird like back and forth role play it's and then it's weird and then he says um you know, most women who bring sexual assault cases uh, are older women. Right. He says, he says that she fits the profile. Yeah. Boom. Pause. Um, and she's like, I have to go freshen up. Um, and she leaves. She comes back. And I have a caveat about this later. She comes back and he's not in bed. She opens the closet door and boom, he has somehow um strung himself up in his sort of like sex dungeon closet thing oh my god and you know i thought he was kind of attractive um before that but i think the lighting in the closet made him look not very attractive um and he goes come on slap me come on slap me real hard or whatever he says slap me hard yeah Yeah. he's like you can't be serious um end of that i do have a little bit of a bone to pick though because in the um voiceover Miranda says, or sorry, Carrie says that um, this guy owns owns a condo um, in the museum tower, which is like like on the 39th floor of the museum tower, which I googled, and it's a it's a very large building in downtown Manhattan. And um, did, did I just sound like an idiot? Is it is, it, is that is it called downtown Manhattan? I don't know. Um, do you mean Midtown? I'm looking it up. Yeah, sure, Midtown. Uh, but so. I looked it up and it is a skyscraper that has no immediate neighbors. When she walks back into his room. Midtown, 53rd and 5th. Yeah. When she walks back into his room after quote unquote freshening up, you can see through his windows and you clearly see that there is uh, both. You can see all of the windows. So two angles, um, the, the head of his bed and the side of his bed. You can see that there are buildings on both sides of the windows and it's brick. There is no fucking way in hell that he is on the 39th floor of anywhere um, in this brick building. So, yeah, it's it's the little things, you know? Yeah, sorry. I always oh, do I, that. But. I know I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm looking at this building now. It, it is quite large and there are no yeah. there are no bricks to be seen. Yep. Um, anywhere around it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for your deep commitment. This isn't going to work with this mic. <laughs> thank you for your deep commitment to. Um, continuity yeah you're welcome that's something that i really pride myself on so yeah i'm just gonna hold my mic tonight i know i know that this will not last i know my arm will get tired but okay um, i'm just gonna allow i'm just gonna feel my fantasy and uh and allow myself to lie to myself a little bit okay yeah so here let me get back into this sorry my thoughts on this scene yeah i think that harrison was really hot Mm -hmm. um 
I would have slapped him and then left. I'm, I don't know why Mar- or, uh, Samantha didn't take the opportunity to slap him. Well, we don't see what happens after that. She could That's have slapped true. him. But don't you think they would have shown it? Mm, yeah, probably. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I like it's to believe this. It's a different show. The show where they don't show it, that's a different right. show. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sexual harassment dialogue was like very corny and weird. It seemed like kind of a weird way to like get Harrison to like bring up Samantha's age. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just felt kind of, we're going to get into it more, but I, I mean, Samantha's whole arc in this episode, like honestly kind of made me sad. Yeah. I and, and yeah, and this opening scene, like, I know I was just saying how much I love this episode and I really do, but like this opening scene, I actually didn't think was particularly funny. And I was kind of yeah. like, okay, this guy's fucking weird. And like, you can kind of just tell that he's like a throwaway character that is really just kind of serving as an example of this like rampant freakiness that right. all, all single men in Manhattan are afflicted with, yeah. which does bring us right into the next scene actually. So here we go. Um, Unless there's anything else. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so we pivot to Carrie and Miranda and they're with Samantha and they're at some sort of book launch party or something. Um, and they're talking about this whole situation with Harrison and and Samantha. And Miranda's actually really impressed by, I guess, um, right. uh, his commitment to all of this. But he also thinks that he's a total freak and that all men are freaks. Right. He's... You know, she's she's making she's making the claim here that all men are freaks, whereas Carrie thinks that Miranda's being kind of unfair and asks that if all single 30-something men are freaks, what does that say about 30-something women? Right. <laughs> to which Miranda says, We're just choosy. Right. Yeah. Which I just <laughs> love. Mm-hmm. Um so Samantha asks Carrie if she actually looks 40. So yeah, sidebar. is not old. Well, Okay, you okay, and, so you constantly tell me that I should not put my standards on these women. Like my standards of relationships and all those things. Like we have to view this through well, <laughs> do we have to view it through their eyes or do we have to view it through the gay men that wrote them their eyes? I don't know. But a fucking lecture. Here we go. I I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but I guess it's like if a woman wants to look if a woman wants to look 30, she can look 30. If she wants to look 40, she can look 40. Boom. I know, but um, and I, I guess like I agree, but I'm just kind of like um, I don't understand why we can't say that somebody looks their age, that somebody looks forty, looks fifty, looks sixty, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is beautiful, mm-hmm. and not beautiful in spite of their age, like just being like this person is a certain age, and is beautiful. Meanwhile, it could all be so easy, but then I'm, you know. Meanwhile, I'm seventeen, and look the part so well I'm I'm standing here before you 49 and proud of it (laughs) and I'm here to say that I look 49 I act 49 I taste 49 but anyway my my fucking point is that Samantha looks 40 Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be oh my god she looks so good for her age because like when you're 40 you're like in your prime you're beautiful you're not some fucking you're not supposed to look like some fucking crone like you know yeah. sitting on the subway knitting necessarily yeah. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. it bothered me um so then charlotte finally rejoins up the group she's been there the whole time but we haven't seen her yet and she's here to gush about this guy that she just met named mitch sailor mm-hmm. and samantha knows mitch <laughs> but in order to talk about it they have to go into the bathroom which is fun. i love the bathroom scene you gotta love when they go in the bathroom i've and- never once been disappointed not even just sex in the city but any tv show oh, yeah. about women 
Mm-hmm. The, I have. They don't miss when they go in the bathroom. They don't miss. I think when they were in the bathroom at some point in season one. Excuse me. I probably brought up how I've always felt this kind of jealousy of like how like women get to like appreciate or you know they get to like have like this whole like ritual of like going to the bathroom together and like men don't do that obviously gay bar context is like very different but thinking about like restaurants or whatever um like i've always wanted to be privy to those conversations for some reason so i've always just really enjoyed um enjoyed scenes like this anyway so um mitch has been nicknamed by samantha and apparently a lot of people (laughs) mr pussy (laughs) right Mm-hmm. He is famous all over the island of Manhattan for being amazing at cunnilingus. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Honestly. Seriously, I mean, like seriously, to right. be so good at it. Yeah, that you are that you are known the city over by women all over mm-hmm. for your skills to the point that it, it's become your identity. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, like I, I'm saying, like I, like I mean, there's so much more to be had with this later, but I, I'm, t- I'm team Mr. Pussy. Yeah. I think, first of all, I think he's really cute. Second of all, I was like, if I'm Charlotte, I'm like Mr. Pussy, sign me up. I'm uh, amazed we haven't met him sooner. Frankly, that's what I'm saying. He, I don't know why there isn't a whole spinoff about him and his, right. <laughs> and his whole, his whole deal. Yeah. So, um. Charlotte is not comfortable with this. She does not right. want to tolerate this. This is totally improper, and she mm-hmm. feels temporarily disgusted because you know. I oh, I loved the joke. Um, you can tell I didn't do a rewatch. I loved the joke that was like um, talking about how she always has the full name of the guy that she meets because she's picturing the monogram towels. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then when she she's kind of reacquainted with him as Mister Pussy, Mary says and- that her monogram towels are starting to look yeah. a lot different. <laughs> Yes, very good. Um, so funny. So, but but he truly is so famous that a random woman comes out of the stall in the bathroom to vouch to vouch for this and says that he yeah. made her come so hard that she passed out. Mm-hmm. And then they return and they're all staring at him and he's seductively consuming oh. an oyster, uh, making direct eye contact with uh, uh, with Charlotte. Uh, oh my god! Oh uh, my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I think he's great, um, but... I mean, I, he's kind of born to play this role. He literally doesn't speak. Right. Yeah. I love... Um, it's so funny because Olivia Lux last week on Drag Race just won the challenge as a mime. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking about how much I do really love when somebody does a great job in a role where they don't speak. A very mm-hmm. underrated example of this is Lanny from Lizzie McGuire. Do you remember no, I wasn't. No, a, I wasn't a Disney player. guy ever. I was when I was yeah, like we can tell. or whatever. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I I liked Disney Channel. I wasn't right. into the Disney movies. I've never yeah. been into that. Neither. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I I was just talking to an uh, oomph about this today. How it's like embarrassing that like I'm obsessed with Pokemon and then I think I can shit on people that like Disney. Um, but yeah, that is embarrassing. Deeply, yes. But uh, yeah, Lanny on Lizzie McGuire, the real ones will know what I'm talking about. He was great. Um, so yeah, I love a man who doesn't talk. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I almost don't know what to say. <laughs> so cut to Carrie getting dressed. Um, she is going on a blind date. Um, her first one in two years. And it is with a fella named PJ, who is um, a documentarian. And he is... Uh, he made a documentary about endangered 
seagulls. Which I don't think that exists. I don't think that exists either. I don't um, think there's such a thing as an endangered seagull. But I'm rolling with it. Um, see, see, if seagulls were able to live and thrive in the parking lot of the Louis Joliet Mall, where I grew up, like 50 miles from Lake Michigan, like nowhere yeah. near a large body of water, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they are not endangered. I'm just uh, my, my friends that are married have a funny joke about that, because when they came to Chicago before they were dating, uh, they came as like part of a group thing. Um my friend, my best friend made a joke that um, they're called land goals, but the girl believed him. <laughs> oh my God. And so it was like years later when they were dating and like got engaged that she was like, so land goal, they were like back in Chicago visiting me and they were like land goals. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he explained to her that they're not really land goals. She's not dumb or anything like that. She's very intelligent. I think that he just, she just didn't get the joke. Land goals. Yeah. Uh, it was a joke. Anyways, so I love it. he is wearing a pearlescent shirt, which is, uh, it's a choice. I'll say that. Um, I so, was kind of into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah. I would actually probably wear that. Embarrassingly so enough. He admits that he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about endangered seagulls. Um, and he just wants to make money. His objective is to get into the action movie game, which like, same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. I think that this guy literally directed, um, like, I don't even One watch that. Yeah, I don't watch that MCU bullshit. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. let's talk about things that I think everybody should take full reign on making fun of. I don't care if you have the most embarrassing interests in the world. I can guarantee you that it's better than Marvel. I completely agree. Um, I think that's deeply embarrassing, honestly, when people are like super obsessed with that. Yeah, I would love to like make a series of movies like Avengers and then like the subtitle and the subtitle is just like any random made up bullshit. Like I can't think of like uh, Avengers Mr. Pussy or something like that. And it's just like a (laughs) series. If we were doing like, you know, like different titles for the episode, like yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this would be Avengers Mr. Pussy. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, she does not like him. Also, I like the cut scene where she, he, like the lighting changes and he's smoking like a, it looks like a his own rolled cigarette in this restaurant. Of course. Which is yes. kind of cool. Um, so then she goes on a, another date where um, she goes uh, to a movie with a guy uh, I can't permit. I can't remember this guy's name, and he seems really charming at first. They kind of have a gag about what kind of um, movie candy they like, and then he turns around and just like starts tearing into the guy behind them. This was so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this like gave me. Um, remember when that? I hate to bring this up because it was such a bad time in our history. But remember when that guy that was that's, that's like five foot two like started yelling at somebody in a donut shop or whatever the fuck that was. And then like, Oh my God, I completely, completely blocked that out. Yeah. Actually. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so this, this um, interaction reminded me of that. Also, I hate to, sorry, this scene has gone on forever, but um, this whole montage thing is like her talking about why they're freaks. Uh, like they're at their freak show. So the first guy, right, was, there's like the circus music. Right. Yeah. The first yeah. guy was the man with no soul. This guy's the man with two faces because he was really um, like uh, charming at the first part of the day. And then like yelled at that guy immediately after. And then the third date, she goes um, on some sort of quirky date with uh, Max, who is a multimillionaire stockbroker. Um, and they go to like some like book thrift uh, flea market, outdoor flea market sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And he puts a dollar book in his 
pants. Like he walks away with a book not paying for it. Um, and he is identified as the man that steals books for no reason, which I like that. Title. That was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The man who steals cheap used books for no, for no reason. reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the inflection from uh, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker is very good on that right. line. <laughs> so she kind of like wonders about some bullshit about men being freaks or whatever. I don't even know. Um, and then she says, are all men freaks? Um, good question. <laughs> good question. Yeah. What do you think? No, I I'm sorry, but I have to say no. Well, okay. Do we need we need to define freak? Right. I think okay. Here we go. Back up. Uh, let your freak flag fly. Um, I think that everyone's a freak in their own way. Okay. Mm, that's boring. Can you be more specific? Okay, we're two gay guys, so that's it. Boom, we're freaks. Boom. I yeah, freak is subjective. Um. And it depends on what we like. I don't like. I don't know if we mean freak sexually or if we mean freak like just like having a lot of secrets or like having like yeah. a weird obsession or like a weird thing that might not be sexual. But I, I do think that all men are freaks, and I also well in the sense that I just kind of feel like all people have like a weird thing. Yeah. For some people, it's bigger. Other people, it's smaller. Like it's no, I'm totally into that. I before I got into like audio production, I wanted to make a different podcast called Niche, which the idea was to like just go and talk to people about their things. Like I have one friend who um, she races go karts like professionally. She's really good at it. Um, that is just, so cool. Just actually. like that kind of shit. Like people who like are into things that no one else would think about ever. Right. Uh, I guess that's kind of more like, I, I really love that idea, by the way. That is kind of more to me like ner- nerddom or like geekdom. Whereas I, like being like a freak, that you know, there's this very negative connotation with the word freak. Sure. I have a hard time splitting the difference though, because I think to one person they'd call oh, she rates go-karts, she's a nerd, and she's into it, and she's a nerd. But another person who thinks that's stupid might call her a freak, right? Like, I think that it's just subjective in that way. And so I think just inherently through that interpretation, everyone is a freak. Unless you're truly so boring. Like, I feel like if you're not a freak in the way that we're using it, you are boring. And I right, okay. Yeah, I, I can, uh, I'm with that, for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so so you don't think that all men are freaks hmm. well i guess i'm on the fence that either they're all freaks or none of them are freaks so um yeah i don't know i wish i had a funny answer to that question i just um, think it's dumb like okay sure whatever <laughs> yeah it's kind of a non-question right yeah because it's kind of it's one of those questions that carrie asks where it's like i mean this directly ties into her plot for this episode but it's like i feel like she kind of knows the answer already yeah right she's mm-hmm. kind of already decided what the answer is and now like right. you know the, the episode is just going to be her trying to prove her own this way. is an episode of hyperboles this whole yeah. episode is based around hyperbole like uh, yeah we can get into it later but yeah that's my right take. um so moving on we uh fast forward to monday night and charlotte and mitch mr pussy mm-hmm. are in bed um and he's finally going to go down on her mm-hmm. <laughs> it tickles at first <laughs> that was cute yeah um which and he tells her like you need to just relax relax. yeah um and it turns out that uh despite her initial misgivings this definitely works for charlotte yeah and mitch goes on to give her an orgasm with his mouth every night of the week including i think they said seven times on friday yep Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I have nothing funny to say. I think that this is exactly what Charlotte deserves. And yeah. I completely support, at this point, I'm like, I'm completely supporting you in your decision to pursue this and attempt to totally just lock this down for yourself only. Right. First and of it's all, established from season one that Charlotte has a beautiful vagina. So maybe like this right. is a match made in heaven. Um, first of all, good for him. Second of all, good for her. And and, right. and you can reverse that too. Like good for her and then good for him. Like they're both getting their rocks off. Like this is great. It could all be so simple if they were gay, I think. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Uh, and then we get a cut and we're suddenly in Central Park and <laughs> Carrie's just sitting alone watching a fire breather looking horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And then this is where we meet Ben. Ben. Oh, Ben. Yeah. We have, I know both you and I have opinions on that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that. So we meet Ben and the two start to commiserate over uh, the bad dates that they've gone on recently. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember what Ben said about. He said that he dated a woman for a month and he just found out that she wore shoes to bed. I don't even know what to fucking say to that. (laughs) Do you think that's one of those things that that like really happened to a writer, or do you think that that someone really just kind of pulled? That okay, out it's so it's so funny that that's what Ben says because whenever I talk about Mayor Pete and Chastin Buttigieg, and I talk oh about like how awful it must be to live with Mayor Pete, I always say that Mayor Pete for sure has some bizarre pathologies. For example, wearing shoes to bed. I always say that. <laughs> All right, so maybe this is the thing. Um, maybe that was Pete Buttigieg's sister. Right. Um, mm-hmm. She asks Ben when all men became freaks and he kind of volleys back. Well, I think women are all freaks, but they just hide it better, which is an interesting take. Uh, and I, I liked this scene. It was like awkward in a really pleasant way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to get into the, her whole lines about it because I don't know. I thought it was kind of offensive, but like Carrie just like, starts talking about circuses again. Right. <laughs> and I just I'm like, why do you keep bringing this up? I would be like, why does this person have like such a weird obsession with like circuses and freak shows? Right. I would be like, that's actually, that's your freakiness. I thought that his response was really good too. To her like insane. Uh, Story about going to the yeah. circus, right? right. Yeah. He says, what if it was an optical illusion? And she that goes, was actually a really weird line and I liked it a lot. I loved it. Yeah, that was, it felt like he was like, I don't know, it felt really genuine. Um, this whole scene for me, I don't mean to like derail you here. No, but yeah, I, we were we were there. Yeah. This scene, this whole scene for me, and I think from this point on in the episode, I feel like there was a directorial decision to make this episode in particular. I mean, this may continue throughout, the, throughout this season or perhaps the rest of the series, but I think this episode in particular feels the most cinematic this is the most cinematic it's felt since that episode about the money in the hotel um but that was a different kind of cinematic that was like a magic like a movie magic kind of thing where like right in the park it's beautiful it's spring she's flying all these things this one is more of like a, it reminds me almost of like 500 days of summer or something like that but if you compare it to previous episodes, even the color palette is more muted in this one intentionally. Like they didn't amp up the colors quite as much. And the mm-hmm. scene where she's sitting on the fountain is such a wide shot. They're getting in so much that I don't think we've ever had that wide of a shot in this show before. Yeah. Not that I can recall. I mean, I'm no. sure they, there probably has been. But yeah. It just feels so like movie like, and I think this is a, a really unique example of, um, the director getting a bad script and i feel like the script in this episode is just so weird but i really love the the directorial decisions with the camera work i just i love the camera work in this one um and i love ben i think ben is 
really, really, really hot. Okay. Ben is incredibly hot in a way mm-hmm. that is kind of rare mm-hmm. on I this can... show in the sense that he is what I've kind of deemed. Um, well, I guess he's straight hot too, but I would say he's gay hot. Yeah. Like the a particular type of man who is like hot in a gay way was like definitely the vibe that I was getting from Ben. I'd like to say that Ben is cross-cutting hot. He is hot to, like, he is just something, someone that is like an objective hot. Like even. right, it's it's like the it's like the nerdiness, but it's like yes. oh, you're like six three and right. like yeah. seem very powerful, right. but like in a quiet way, you know, like walk softly and carry a big dick. Ugh. Ugh. He's kind so, of vibes. So it's hot. nice, yeah. Okay. Like I'm into it. Um, so. I, so I was going to say, I just since you mentioned the the direction of this episode, mm-hmm. um, the past three episodes have all been directed by Alan Coulter, who also directed episodes in season one. So I guess they just decided. Great. They just decided to change it up. Yeah, I thought this was a great episode. And I did see Alan Coulter listed as the director and I misread uh, his name on the first watch through as Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter uh-huh. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I, my heart skipped a beat. Um, but then I what do you it. think an Ann Coulter directed episode of Sex and the City would be like? It would be, um, I actually think that the woman would be very powerful, but in a completely self-serving, like we would get a lot of Samantha, but Samantha gives up sex for Christianity and she fires, she like, has some like shitty gay intern that she fires in place of like some sort of like girl boss woman um, that then mm-hmm. murders somebody and okay. they get away with it. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking Miranda probably fires herself from her own law firm so that she can focus on her family. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's probably a plot point. Right. Yeah. It um, would look a lot more like um, House of Cards, but be interpreted as good, not bad. So. <laughs> Like, like the morals would be good. Like the morality. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay, right. okay. Like the morality <laughs> of House of Cards is interpreted as good, not like bad morals. Um, okay, moving on. So yeah. on Fifth Avenue, Samantha is window shopping for God knows what, and she runs into Monica. And I love this scene. I actually kind of wanted to do this as our scene. Um, but oh, you know what? This would have been a good one. Yeah, right. I I agree with our decision currently, but um, we'll get there. So um. Monica, I I just I don't think she has a European accent. I think it's, I think she just has a weird accent. Like I think it's like, transit. no, it, it was it was giving like, it felt Eastern European to me. Okay, I maybe because her name is Monica, I kind of thought that maybe she was Polish. I grew up with a lot of Polish families and where yeah. I where I'm from, and I knew like five or six Monicas. So I don't know. That's where my mind went right away. My aunt is my mom's twin is named Monica, and we're not Polish at all. So. Um, I guess it'd be Monica with a K. Yeah. So um, Monica looks great. And Samantha points this out. And she's like, oh, well, I've had work done. I've had the fat from my ass into my face. Um, And it's amazing. I love this scene. Um, And Samantha is (laughs) like, oh, in a uh, uh, voiceover, Carrie says that within an hour, Samantha had the... um, uh, the most expensive plastic surgeon on what was it the the lower upper east fifth. on the upper fifth okay whatever and the area <laughs> she booked an appointment with the most expensive plastic surgeon within yeah the I mean that's Samantha right like she she sees right. something and she goes she for it admits. yeah this Monica character was fun I think because she was one of those really good bit characters who really just does feel like a cartoon character yeah, I love her yeah like I felt like this was like a character from the Simpsons or something right I want like some sort of like YouTube spinoff Monica series where she, we just like follow her like doing her shopping it's there's no plot it's just like straight up right it's just her looking at things and going i like that yeah uh-huh, exactly yeah or like 
some some it's like really <laughs> i think this will look good with all of the filler in my face that came right. from my ass because yeah, exactly. that's the whole scene is like face ass face ass <laughs> lover so we catch back up with carrie and ben who we didn't i don't think we talked about it uh in the last scene but um they agreed to go on a non-date because ben said that he's right. no longer dating women sorry i missed that yeah that's all right so they go on a non-date um this is after their non-date and he says something i didn't really like this line for him but he says something cryptic like ordinarily i would ask to or i would try to get upstairs meaning to have sex but um this is a non-date so i guess i can't do that and carrie says what uh what about a kiss and he says hmm maybe a non-kiss and so they kiss and it looks really hot um yes these these two had good chemistry i wonder if these actors hooked up I just, just before Matthew Broderick was in the picture. So. Right. I just want to, I just want to hook up with Ben. I actually, I just, yeah. Okay. It's a lot. Um, no, right. let it, I mean, literally I'm, I'm a fucking pig on this podcast. If you want to, if you want to dick pig out for somebody, yeah, I, I really, you have the floor. He's so, he's so hot. Um, all right. The hot, the non kiss is very hot. And you know, I think it, it's hard to imagine what a real kiss would have looked like. So. Yeah. Go. Um, I, I was wondering what, a non-kiss could be. Yeah. If not that. Did you catch that he works, he writes for a political magazine? Oh my God. I was going to bring that up too, but can I get in my stupid joke? <laughs> yeah. do it. Okay. So, well, no, I was just going to say that if you look at like your body, uh-huh. um, I, the, the, the mouth is kind of like the antipode of the butt. I'm looking, I'm looking at this in the, and like vice versa. And, um, I'm just kind of wondering if maybe like a rim job would kind of be like a non-kiss. Yeah. Okay. Anyone, uh, if you have uh, some thoughts on that, you can write us at PO box. Uh, great. Nice guys to have fun with one, four, zero, four, eight, five. Go ahead and send us some mail at uh, that PO box uh, about, about whether or not a non-kiss would be a rim job. Someone's going to fucking mail us ricin. <laughs> Good. They're going to be like, please, for the love of God, put a stop to this. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, and the hit political magazine, I was like, eh, probably Jacobin. Can you imagine if it was a, like, oh a. God. Uh, I mean, who the fuck knows what it's supposed to be? Right? That'd be hot if you worked for, <laughs> for Jacobin. Oh, my God. I have, I have a very, like, connection to a connection to a connection to um, that editor in chief of Jacobin, which is kind of funny. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's distant, but it's there. Um, but I was like, wouldn't it be funny if he was actually like a, a conservative? Like, what if he was like a QAnoner? That's what I thought about because, like, in the in the '90s, like this sort of like young conservative thing kind of had that resurgence. Um, I possibly because of the Clinton scandal, and so right. it's kind of intriguing right. to see if like I I had wondered that. But his friend that we meet later, you'll meet him in this next scene, uh, makes me think that no, they are just like truly like I don't know how Ben is compared to this guy, but like I could totally see him just being like. Uh, a, like a center left or like probably more of like a socialist leaning kind of guy right totally yeah, yes we love to see it for sure yeah. yes yeah. um so we reconvene we're at carrie's apartment and samantha is just talking them all up about this procedure that she's gonna get done um she's wearing a girdle <laughs> and there's a hole in the front there's like a, a glory hole in the girdle and she's talking about getting fucked by a calvin klein model while wearing the girdle uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah. and, and miranda thinks that the fat from her ass has already gone to her head it's like this is how she's going to be behaving we love a good wise crack you know i was thinking about like because it came up on a jeopardy clue i think i was thinking about um like you know those like those old dames from the 30s uh-huh. like um 
Marlene Dietrich types who like they're wisecracks and like film noir. Yeah. (laughs) Miranda's very that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. What do you think sucker? But like, you know, like a modern (laughs) equivalent, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't watch movies. Um, So Carrie then asks Charlotte about how things are going with Mitch. um, And she says that she sees a future with him. That's so sweet. Oh, she's such a queen. She's such a queen. We'll literally look at anything and 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 see a future in it, which I love. Um, and so they keep calling him Mr. Pussy and she corrects them. His name is Mitchell. Oh, it's so funny. Um, I think it's Samantha who says, you don't fall in love with Mr. Pussy. You enjoy him and then set him free. I love that. I do you love agree that. with this? Do you agree with, with Samantha yeah, there? I kind of do. I feel like... I, you know, we don't really get any of uh, Mr. Pussy's side, frankly. Um, but I feel as though he is after one thing. And inherently that requires like a bit of transience with it, right? Like uh, it's it's like they kind of talk about him as this like magical thing. Like it's almost like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Like everyone kind of gets to use it once in a while, you know. And it's, it's I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, very that. <laughs> Sisterhood of the Traveling Mr. Pussy. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The joke writes itself. Um, so as blissfully naive as Charlotte is, she cannot deny that she doesn't actually know Mitch very well yet. And so she leaves the apartment kind of a little bit upset right. or stressed out now. Right. Nothing, nothing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I got nothing on this scene. It was a, yeah. it was a cute scene. I like when they just hang out in, in someone's apartment. It's always, yeah, nice. it was a quick cut. I thought it was great. I really like Samantha in this scene though. I think it's great. Um, I love when she just pulls her skirt up so readily. to oh, show yeah, off I think it was, yeah. I think it was Charlotte's like, yeah. like, can you please put your skirt down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like still walking around with like her skirt as a tube top. Right. Um, uh, so we are back in Central Park looking a little bit colder in this scene. Um, they cannot fucking decide what season it exactly. is. It's been fucking fall for like a year. Right. It's crazy. Um, so we are on a double date with, uh, it's Carrie and Ben, obviously, and then Miranda and Ben's friend, Luke. Um, and this is where things go a little bit awry. So, eh, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Who? <laughs> Luke looks like he sells Molly. Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like totally the kind of person that you would meet at um like a rave. Yeah. Um very you know, so, very for 1999. Right. So uh Carrie and Ben are kind of watching Miranda and Luke interact. I don't really like that though, because Carrie and Ben have just met, and it's like, how are you already like being like the old sage couple that's hooking up, you know, to people who have never met before and being like yeah that's going well or whatever I, whatever um <laughs> and miranda and luke are kind of hitting it off whatever it's it's fine and then she asks he asked her what she's up to this weekend and she says she is visiting her grandpa in connecticut i believe she says granddad which is, she does say granddad which yeah. i'm that's not my <laughs> narrative so luke is like connecticut or whatever however he says it and she's like what's wrong with connecticut and he says i don't like the country and then he says that he has not left Manhattan in 10 years and goes on this rant about how uh, Manhattan has everything anyone would need. Why would you leave? Um, and he says something about like, it's the only place where I forget what he says, but like the only place you can get a cab at three in the morning. Who gives a shit? Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to hate this guy. Yeah. I'm not saying I like him, but like, I knew that you were going to really. Yeah. So Miranda, obviously like, uh, like this is just like water and oil like he, it's just boom and I yeah i can like, think of two people that are less compatible absolutely um honestly i think he would just kept his 
fucking mouth shut about the whole Manhattan thing, I would have been fine. But what a fucking weirdo. So he's, he's they like they're getting ice cream or something, and it's like snowing out practically in this scene. Uh, <laughs> and and she says she invokes their um, Carrie and her safe word to get out of a date, which is I have to go feed my cat. Which uh, <laughs> which Luke says cat people are freaks. Wow, this guy has I a mean, lot of fucking opinions. I know, a lot of a really unfounded opinions and right. um, just a lot of negativity in general. Can't relate to that. Don't know what that's right. like. So uh, so Carrie says, didn't you already feed your cat today? And Miranda very sternly says, I have to feed it again. I really respect Miranda in this scene. Um, I respect the hell out of I her. I kind because... of couldn't believe that Carrie was like really trying to... I agree. Me, really trying to pull her... If, if you don't mind, I'm just, I'm just going to... Yeah say this so mm-hmm. uh, yeah i feel like this is there isn't this carrie and ben's second date yeah it's like their second or third date like who yeah like carrie i'm i know that the, the whole thing with carrie this episode is that she's turning into a freak and she's going crazy mm-hmm. but like are carrie are you on drugs like seriously they they these two people cannot be less compatible yeah you obviously and that's not carrie's fault because carrie doesn't know luke and carrie doesn't even know ben that well if, if your friend is not feeling the vibes and wants to leave, like, right. why are you going to be right. like, no, for the good of the order, I need you to stay. That honestly, honestly makes her look worse. Right, I agree. Honestly, though, like, I kind of, I I don't know if this is intentional, but and I don't know if I'm just apologizing for him because I think he's hot, but I kind of see it in Ben's face when the whole, like, Connecticut thing is like it seems like he's like oh this guy like my friend cannot get a fucking date because he's all about this whole I live in Manhattan thing right um and like I can kind of see it on the actor's face and it's like yeah yeah. um also what would be really um like hot though is that if Miranda did stay and they got into a huge fight and they had like crazy like hate sex so oh my god that is something that I feel like Miranda would definitely partake in Uh, I would do that so Yeah. Um, So Miranda does indeed leave, but not without a parting word of advice, which is you can tell everything about a person by the people they hang out with. He's a freak. So Ben is probably a freak too. So true, Bestie. Right. Which is funny because Luke is the one that called Miranda a freak. And we see what happens with Carrie later. I know. I guess it just, it's your, when we were talking earlier about whether or not all men are freaks, I guess it really is just such a subjective thing. Right. Freak Uh, is another person's non-freak yeah i do have to say though that i think that luke would be um one of those guys that like has like fifty thousand or like five hundred thousand twitter followers and then says some fucked up shit about how manhattan is the only fucking place that anyone should ever live and then he gets canceled for that but not really because people want to suck his dick or some shit like that. right and by canceled you mean that you quote tweet him to your all (laughs) (laughs) should i be more vocal about my hatred of that guy you are not that powerful and also the okay the person that you're talking about is so radically different from this. Oh, movie. absolutely. But I, there are definitely people like this that live in the world that like are like, just ugh, like, ugh, just it drives me up a wall. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, no. And it's funny that um, Luke has that line about like, oh, well, you must not be from here. When I feel like right. often the people that act like Luke are themselves not from New York. Of course, absolutely. you don't, you don't find out whether or not. Oh, I knew. I, I knew he's not from fucking manhattan jesus christ all right we can move on i need to stop thinking about luke yeah fuck luke um so ben and carrie are making out at 
must be his apartment. Yeah. Um, so I guess even though the double date aspect failed, seems like they spent the rest of the day together and it went great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carrie asks if there's anything weird about him that she should know before mm-hmm. they have sex for the first time. And he says that there is. And it's a tattoo of Tweety Bird. Oh, I love this. Shoulder. <sighs> I know this was incredibly cute, right? I'm with uh-huh. you. I'm with you. Um, and Carrie reveals she's not unblemished either, showing a scar on her knee from a childhood fight. This was like the stupidest. That was stupid. That was dumb. Yeah. Like, and also, like, how did this like conversation about like, is there anything freaky about you, devolve into like physical imperfections right. of the flesh, <laughs> like. Right. You know what I mean? But also, when well, I'm thinking through it, it's only their second date. So yeah, Ben is obviously not going to be like, oh, let me go ahead and like unpack all of this trauma that I have yeah, from my right. friend or whatever. Right. Um, and Carrie wouldn't, shouldn't be expected to do the same. Although I think she is definitely the type of person to divulge a bunch of trauma on Absolutely. the second date. Carrie would make a great gay person. But he, he does say, you're scrappy. I like scrappy. I thought that was really sweet and hot. And I would just like, wow, I would do a lot to that man. He, he could have said to her, I think that all healthcare should be privatized. And he would be like, that is actually like so beautiful and profound. Uh, yeah, truly, truly. Or he could have said, by the way, pee is stored in the balls. And I would have like been like, you're so right. You're so right, hon. Um, um, anyways. Oh so yeah, so they decide to have sex. Yay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we pivot to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And this is our scene. While Miranda was busy feeding her pussy, Charlotte was trying to do anything but. Did you ever go to summer camp? There, over the exotic fruit plate, Charlotte tried to make a relationship happen. Oh my god, I loved camp. I went to this place in Maine called Minnehaha. We used to play these big games of color war, and I was always a red for like some reason. It was so much fun. And then they made us stop because they said that it glorified warfare. Like, what the fuck? You are awfully quiet tonight. What are you thinking about? Some people might call that a little long. Who orders the exotic fruit plate? What is on the exotic fruit plate? It looks like some sort of weird fucked up papaya. There was papaya. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm just kind of like, you literally, like... Not to be, I don't know, gender essentialist or something, but like, or not to just sound like one of those like horrible tweets that gets yeah. thrown around all the time, but like, really, like you're you're a grown man and you're ordering a plate of papaya for dinner. 
Well, I, I understand that it was just a plot. It was just a device to give him something for the oral right. fixation, like right. to create the physical comedy in the scene. I'm not, I'm not dumb. Uh, it's like, one of those streets that's like ordering fruit for dinner is is a feminine trait. Yeah, like that's girl <laughs> behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's ordering fruit for dinner because literally nobody does that, man or woman. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, that just sounds that just looked like a really nice snack. But yeah. uh, it, it's it was dessert. Men who order dessert, or right. men who order seafood, I think was the other one. Right. Don't get me started. Um, oh my God, but Charlotte in the scene, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? She is such a camp girl. Like she, of everything, I, yeah. She was probably so upset when they got rid of Color War because she was like, she was amazing. Like she was the person for Color yeah. War. Like she would be, she get so into it. She would like have the whole team pumped up. Right. They would like paint like red stripes on their face and stuff. Right. I bet yeah. she went back and she was a counselor for for years too. That's absolutely. like so oh, her story. Absolutely, and she got National Honor Society service yes. hours for it. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I got nothing to say. I don't see the problem here. If so, if a if a cute short man. <laughs> wants to stare at me and like sensually eat figs while I talk about summer camp. I, right. I've gone on much worse dates. I, I believe I have as well too, but I think that like, I don't think that he wants a relationship. Like, I think it's clear that he wants exactly what he wants, which is, which is just to eat women out. And you know, you like what you like. That's totally fine. But uh, it's clear that he, he wants exclusively physical relationships and, obviously charlotte needs more than that and so i i think that these two people are just coming in with different expectations and she's just upset because she what was that i just said to say the least right and i think that she's just upset because like she clearly it's this is just like the rabbit it's just like the rabbit it's just in human form right same right oh my god it's like wow nice connection yeah Yeah, human rabbit okay so um meanwhile um Samantha has gotten her uh, ass fat put in her face and uh, we don't see her face though. This is a classic like Twilight Zone-esque like we can't see their face thing. Um, And she says, wow, what else can you do? And he does what we expect him to do, which is to destroy her and mark her all up with a red marker. Um, And he says a lot of things, you know, whatever. Um, I thought it was interesting that he said, in five years, we can do a breast something augmentation. Yeah. And I was like, why in five years? Like, what about five? I don't know. Um, anyways. Um, so then he leaves and Samantha can't help but look at herself in the mirror. And there is a clown drawn on her stomach, which is obviously a, just a gag. But um, <laughs> it is she she clearly is not happy with the amount of marker that has been put on her. Um, right. Sad. Um, yeah, I mean, if we just because it's about, we're about to pivot to the last scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say like this actually made me really sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just because it's like, and, and there's gonna be more of this, but like, I mean, a, a huge part of Samantha's arc on the show is about um, accepting uh, accepting mortality. Actually, yeah. Okay. and um, yeah, it's like really like especially someone like Samantha, who I think like derives so much of her self-worth from um, physicality, attractive. Yeah. That she's just kind of coming to this realization that like, if she wants to continue to be physically attractive and I, I understand that that's like, you know, her her idea of what physically attractive is, is not like universal, like her idea of like what she's supposed to look like. I'm not, you know, I'm, I understand that that's like not um, objective 
Right. Mm -hmm. So in her mind, she's thinking in order to remain physically attractive, I'm going to have to like take all of this intervention. Right. Um, And, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, it's like this race against time Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Actually, I mean, you know, the show, the show is a comedy and they literally painted like a fucking clown on her body. Right. Right. Try to like make this funny. But I was just like, oh my God, like think about, she's literally just standing in this room crying. Right. (laughs) it's really actually horrible and sad. sad um before we move forward i would like to make a petition that i be awarded a prediction okay because and Tell i more. i can i can i we can talk about this but i believe i said it okay yeah my second episode's prediction was one character will get botox i feel like this is the closest we're going to get to botox so either I mean, like, I guess there's still room for someone to get Botox, but I feel like they wouldn't do that if Samantha just got this in season two. So. Yeah, it's not Botox. Okay, okay. That she has done. I'm aware. I'm I'm almost wondering, like, was this kind of, like, before, like, Botox? Exactly. I was going to look it up. Um, I was going to look it up. I did not. I'm looking it up. Okay. Um, It got approved for cosmetic application in 1990 1989 okay and then in 2002 it approved botox official so it wasn't until 2002 botox became a thing right so yeah i'm going to go ahead and say that you got this one perfect that's fine with me thank you um i mean like it could be that in the next you know four seasons that we do indeed see a character actually get botox but i highly doubt it'll happen since this episode happened so right exactly Um, um Okay, moving forward. We are back with Carrie and Ben in Ben's bed. It looks like they've just had sex. They look really great. Um, She's wearing her shirt. Right. Did you notice that when it, like, when the camera opened up to her, she was, um, like, pulling her hair in this weird way? Like, her arm was up and she was like, it was just really weird. I don't know. Um, Anyways, so they have, they do have really, really good chemistry. I completely agree. Um, And I, I don't have to speculate on how the sex is. So... He's like, oh, I got to go to a soccer game, which I'm assuming he plays, which is hot. Um, And he leaves. She stays in bed. And then, of course, we cut to her snooping around his room. And we've already had our sort of like conversation about snooping around people's rooms. But you do write it here. Different than Miranda snooping in season one. Um, Miranda was doing like a playful snoop just to see what the guy is like. She's like not looking for skeletons in his closet. She's looking for just like things that make him him, like his little quirks, his interests, his hobbies. Right. Carrie is smoking a cigarette and destroying his apartment. She is opening the underwear drawer, throwing underwear out of it. She is moving all the things in his fridge around. She is going through his closet. Like she, this is like, this is, this is very, very bad in my opinion. Yeah, um, this is, I mean, ah, Carrie. Right. So, we get, yeah, we get a lot of handheld camera in this. Um, and then she eventually finds a locked wooden box um, and she's trying to open it. It has like a like a little like padlock thing on it, like a small one. And she takes a screwdriver to it and it won't open. And then the fuck hear, did you find screwdriver? Exactly. Oh. And then he's, he goes... Well, he's so he's hot, so he probably just has a screwdriver sitting out somewhere. Um, but, but so we hear Carrie, and she turns, and there's Ben. And I love oh this God, because back of the century, right? And but I love, I love, 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 love this shot because she is smoking 
frantically smoking a cigarette this whole time, which I assume actually in my mind that she's chain smoking. She's this is like her third cigarette. Oh yes, for and sure. she's smoking and it it falls like out of her mouth out of shock from seeing him. And when it cuts to his point of view, when we, we cut from her point of view and we're seeing him after he said Carrie, we see all of the smoke from the cigarette come up and it's like this haze is coming up from like from her perspective, right? Like she right. Oh yeah, that nice. Right. So um he's like, what is going on? And she says, I was looking for something. And he takes the box from her and he illustrates that it was not actually locked at all. It opens from the top and uh, it included his Cub Scout badges. And (laughs) of all things, things, right. Um, So this is to me, like, I think this is really an important moment for Carrie as a learning experience because she is known to have these fits of, these fits (laughs) of trust issues and all of this like she wanted to meet she wanted him to be a freak so bad that i i mean this is not some sort of hot take this is obvious she's the one that became the freak and obviously ben thinks that she's the freak now so she says i'm going to leave and he says that's a good idea and we probably never see ben again so we see her i was just gonna say that it's really rare for you know carrie is messy and complicated and makes a lot of mistakes but it's really actually quite rare for carrie to eat sand like this badly yeah Yeah. i I really kind of couldn't believe it like um i mean it's just such an example of um the way that like her own insecurity um due to previous relationships with men i feel like has like really taken a toll on her psyche where she's kind of at a point that she is really like kind of incapable of like actually just trusting somebody i think is what it comes down to like she really just um has developed really intense trust issues and it's kind of interesting to kind of question now that we're in season two it's kind of like were these existing or were did these manifest because of like everything that happened with mr big um yeah i mean i constantly hiding stuff from her like hiding parts of his past from her and stuff Mm -hmm. and so um you know this is her kind of trying to get out in front of it i guess but obviously she like went about it um in the worst way possible. The, the worst way and way too far way too fast like i think that you know you might push back on this but i think that she just has to let things like play out she can't she can't put her foot on the gas and be like i need to know everything about him right now so that right. way i can determine if i want to go on a fourth date with him right <laughs> like, yeah no i actually totally agree with you like i i think that the difference is like you know, her and Big dated for, it seemed, It sounds like, probably almost a year. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, by the end of that, there were still so many things that she didn't know about him. And so mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, this, like I said, this is her just kind of trying to skip to that part. Right. Like, skip to the part where you know everything about the person. Because right. that's where she always wanted to get with Big. And so that's, like, where she naturally kind of, like, wants to go. You said you didn't have an outfit. I do now. You do? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about mine first. Okay. So my outfit is the scene where they're talking in Carrie's apartment with Samantha about the surgery. Carrie's outfit is so <laughs> funny and uh-huh. cute. It was it was giving me COVID fashion. <laughs> uh-huh. She's wearing, like, a, a dark red, like, a brick red 
like nighty or like uh-huh. you know kind of a, i don't know if it was actually a slip but it's like kind of like a slip style mm-hmm. dress you know it's like probably like silk charmeuse or, or something similar and um i think she might have like a black tank top on under it or something and then she's wearing these thigh high rainbow stripe toe socks uh-huh. <laughs> i i if it were anybody else, if it were any other period of time, in any other context, I would hate these socks. But uh-huh. something about Carrie wearing them, like lounging on her chaise in her apartment in 1999 with her hair up in a high pony and in this like little like red dress. Mm-hmm. I was I was so charmed by this look and it felt like so comfortable and cute. And um and also like referencing like the circus and like clown theme. Oh yeah, I, I didn't feel make like those connections, but yeah. Yeah. So it it was just really working for me. I agree that this was not a very fashion forward episode. I didn't really because they didn't really, other than the book party, they didn't really go out right much in this episode. So I um why I think I, I think that it kind of relates back to her um David Bowie slash Ziggy Stardust shirt that she wore in the episode where Big came over and they watched the couple across the street fuck um <laughs> yeah like this is, like that's just like carry at home which i love like <laughs> yeah we love a carry at home moment yeah so. um i i have picked a sort of a non-traditional thing because i don't just want to talk about the fashion i want to talk about the person as well uh, okay. i did not pick ben although i was tempted however in the second a uh, blind date that Carrie goes on with the man of two faces who is super chill with her and then yells at a guy. I think the guy that he yells at is extremely attractive. Um, My roommate said the same thing. Okay. I think that he's so hot. I I didn't think that he was hot, but he did remind me of somebody. I think that, okay. I, I think that big noses and big ears on men is just like so hot. And he had both. Um, I guess I should go into what it, what he's wearing because this is about fashion. He was wearing a green turtleneck, um, like a kind of like a, not a super dark green, but like kind of a medium green with like, a, I think a green coat of some kind. That's it. Um, and I just thought he was so cute. He had no lines. I just, I think he's very, very attractive. He, I think I can tie all of this like big nose thing into when I was in high school and my French teacher showed us um, Amelie and the boyfriend in Amelie has a big nose. And I think that guy's <laughs> really hot. Um, okay. So you can bring, you can blame French class on my big nose thing. And I think this guy is just very, very, very attractive. And if he was like, I think, you know, like I would really love to see Ben and this guy date and then like them invite me over to third for them, like a couple nights a week. Um, yeah. Okay. Well keep dreaming, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely will um love that for you do you want to make a prediction uh, no but i have to um and i got one this week like i got you one did, like, so you you have a positive average again right i got like a yeah. i i light i loosely got one this week uh shaky a shaky win um okay all right here we go <sighs> my prediction is that um Okay, this kind of came up this episode, and I talked about it a little bit, but I think that Miranda is going to go on, like, we're going to have an arc with her. Not Maybe not this season. I'm not going to say when, because I've you know gotten in trouble with the time-sensitive thing already. Right. Um, but Miranda's going to have an arc where she goes on a date with a guy that she just finds completely insufferable, but, like, she falls in love with him because of that. Like, 
like she's like i don't she's gonna have like a hate relationship or something like that does that make sense like i don't know how to word that but yeah so miranda right yeah miranda yeah yeah Miranda's going to go on a date with an insufferable guy and then falls in love with him because he's insufferable or you don't have to write that but like she's just gonna have like a hate relationship basically um just like yeah in parentheses just like hate relationship or whatever you want to call it i i don't know what you mean by a hate relationship so i'm going to like someone that you like have sex with or date or whatever exclusively because you hate them so much that you just like can't stop thinking about them there are like i okay, feel like right like I, someone you want to hate fuck yeah i feel like miranda Which, like, is, i kind of hate the phrase hate fuck but really yeah. i don't know i kind of like I, it's like it's a little weirdly like angry or like violent almost is that, I, like, being over the top there are okay that's not really how people mean it but like you know when i think about it like hate fucking something like oh no so i think that miranda is big virgo energy and i recognize that maybe this is i don't know i also have big virgo energy i feel i feel people who know me can disagree with this but no you do you i feel i feel that virgos well okay i shouldn't speak for all virgos it's just me but i i have been obsessed with the idea of hate fucking for a long time because sorry okay you can cancel me people can cancel me but hear me out okay there are some people in my life that i have had very negative experiences with that i truly just hate that i just i cannot stand them and there's one person in particular that i won't say their name but this person has been in my life for a very long time and the people that know me really well if i say the person i like this this just a per- the person I hate, they all like will say the name of the person. I'm like, yeah, he is my arch nemesis. And sometimes I wake up in the mornings and think, you know what? I have to get out of bed because I, I like, I have to keep going exclusively to hate this person because no one else will. Um, <laughs> this person is a true sociopath that believes that the world conforms to, to, to him. I am completely repulsed by this man. I think that he is disgusting. I have never, ever, ever entertained the idea of a romantic relationship ever. And yet in the past like three or four years, I have wanted to fuck him so bad exclusively because I hate him so much. Is this this person still in your life? Are you connected on social media or something? Yeah, but they have, they definitely don't listen to this podcast, but right. And if they did, they would not listen to the show because they're, (laughs) or they, if they did, they wouldn't put two and two together that it's them because they're such a narcissist. Um, But I, I think that this person is disgusting in every way, shape and form. And I want to have sex with them so bad just to just to get all of that out. But I don't want to harm them, obviously, physically. I don't want to harm them. I want I want what's coming to them, as in like people they they identify themselves as like some sort of organizer, like a social, like a true social justice warrior type. I want everyone who is in their circle to realize that this person is full of shit. That's what I want. I want no physical harm to come to and this person. You, so as you these are two different desires that you have, right? You have one desire to have this person be exposed for being a narcissist. A and fraud. A and a narcissist. And a fraud. Mm-hmm. And then you also desperately want to have sex with this person. And those are separate. These are completely separate desires that have no relationship to each other other than the fact that they're about the same person. And I think that this, this like, I am a firm believer. I listened to this artist speak on a podcast once and he was like, I think that disgust and attraction are two sides of the same coin and you can be attracted to the things you're disgusted to at the same time i firmly believe in that and i just like went full force on this and i'm not trying to have sex with them i don't even we don't even live in the same place anymore but um i'm not actively trying to pursue this person i just think that like a a one-time hookup between this person would be so cathartic for both of us (laughs) 
Well, if it ever, ha- please report back if that ever happens. Oh God, I, a part of me never wants to ever see this person again in my life, so I hope it doesn't. But if it does, this is the only thing I want to happen. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's my feeling um, we on it. it. I definitely understand why people might have trepidation around that that phrase, hate hate fuck. I definitely right. get it. It's a you bad know where I'm coming from. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it a whole thing, but like, yeah, I, no, I, I, I totally get that it. Phrase, and I'm like, hmm. yeah, the phrase is bad. The I don't think that like the actual concept is malicious at all. I just think the phrase is bad. Okay, right. Moving on. Um, moving so on. You have a hot topic you'd like to talk about. Um, do you have one? I do. I just came up with it last minute and it's going to be unappealing to everyone who listens to the show. So then you go for it and I will. Um, shocker. <laughs> shocker. I'm going to talk about something that no one cares about that listens to the show. Um, so I, um, some, I have recently gotten into a new, like, uh musical thing for me i want to my goal is to build a modular synthesizer which some people might know what that is other people might not it's like you a lot of people you've probably seen them before they're like those big boxes that are just full of random shit like random technology like random like little dials and things like that i want to build one of those which they are notoriously expensive and there's a company that um has been designing modules different synthesizers and filters and things like that for them for many, for, for modular synthesizers for many years, it's called mutable instruments. And the company Mm -hmm. is run and, uh, uh, run basically by one person. Um, and she is a true genius, like a true master craftsperson of the, of the form. Um, like all of the things, they're not the only, there are hundreds of companies that make these products, but, um, she's, she's a master and, she has made every single piece of equipment that she makes. She has made all of the software, uh, like the coding and all of the hardware specifications open source. So even though the original versions of her products are quite expensive, people make um, what are called clones of the software, which is just making it cheaper, essentially. So it's all open source and you can essentially afford an extremely expensive module at a fraction of the price because of this. Um, they, she's also very, um, private. She's a very private person and doesn't talk a lot about her role in being like a master creator of this art form. Um, and she has just announced that she is releasing her final, um, module that'll ever be released by them. And she is giving, uh, like full access to all of the pieces before it's even released. She's giving full access to the specifications of this particular, um, instrument and it's just really interesting to see someone that's like so forward thinking about the like their art form and their company and like doesn't seem to be running this business that is centered around art and creativity around a profit margin it's just it's really refreshing to see that yeah that's really cool i really like what they do and i don't have i haven't started i just ordered uh, some pieces but i haven't ordered ordered any of theirs yet but they are definitely high on the list and i'm going to support their business for sure because they're just they're such they're so good and she's so talented and very interesting so if any of you have any interest in modular synthesizers or mutable instruments or any sort of like weird experimental synthesis of any kind um, just look them up and they're they're very prolific you could it won't be hard to find their name is mutable instruments mutable instruments i love that so much yeah um let me think here. I'm. I really have not been paying too much attention to the news cycle or anything. It's actually been just like really stressing me out because the weather 
mm-hmm. is so crazy. Yeah. And so like climate change blues. Yeah. Like, really, like getting to me this week. Um, you can talk about Ted Cruz if you want. I could certainly talk about Ted Cruz. You know what? Yeah, I will talk about Ted Cruz, but I specifically want to focus in on this. I don't think, I think a lot of the people that um, listen to this podcast will have heard about this already or will have seen this, but there is a really, really legendary um, Tumblr post out there from, I don't know how many years ago, but it's a post um, that says that Bella Hadid literally looks like Ted Cruz. Um, this was before Bella Hadid has obviously had a lot of um, has had a lot of cosmetic surgery done um, in the ensuing years but if you look up I mean if you just google Bella Hadid Ted Cruz like side by side will come up um, and it's uncanny truly so um, yeah there's there's that and also um, St. Vincent that was like barely a hot topic so I'll also say that St. Vincent um, is allegedly coming out with a new album. Uh-huh. She has a single that's supposed to be coming out on March 5th. And the album, an album cover may have leaked. It was literally posted by this like random Russian gay guy. And I uh-huh. haven't seen it anywhere else. But I also can't find this image anywhere else. Um, Could you describe it or like tell me how to look it up right now? If you were to look up um, St. Vincent Daddy's Home... <laughs> It will probably come up. The album is apparently called Daddy's Home. Okay. Which is so good. Um, the first thing that popped up is a Fortnite image of a person playing guitar. <sighs> and the second image is of the um, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg vehicles, Daddy's Home 1 and 2. I'm literally... Right, I'm right. That's what I got as well when I Googled it. I'm literally just going to send it to you on Twitter. Okay, okay, great. You just need to look at this. Um, it's I'm so a- good. It's so good. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I, I just I love St. Vincent. If you have never listened to any of St. Vincent's music, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast because yeah. gay people love her. Um, it says, yeah. it says <laughs> media not displayed. <laughs> Must have been Wait, taken down. No, yeah. I'm staring at it. Okay, I'm not. I'm says, looking at it. Okay, for me, it says media not displayed. This image has been removed in response to a report from the copyright holder. So that is what I see. I'm bewildered. You're going to have to send a um, a screenshot because I just, okay. I don't believe you. But anyway, okay. yeah, listen to St. Vincent. She's awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, St. Vincent life. fan. Um, yeah. What's your, just real quick, um, we could cut this out, but what's your favorite St. Vincent album? If you After, like? 100%. Yeah. yeah, same. I used to really love um, Self-Titled, but um, I uh, really like Actor now a lot. Yeah, I would say my ranking, and mind you, I like all of the albums, so <laughs> okay. it's, it's close, you know, but I would say if I were to rank them, probably going to be Actor, Strange Mercy, mm-hmm. Self, or, no, Actor, Strange Mercy, Marry Me, mm-hmm. Self-Titled, Mass Seduction. 